I really only need to care about my hands. I'm not shaking anyone else's hands anymore. So that's a new thing, by the way. I've, I've put that into action. I'm not shaking hands any for, for the foreseeable future. So what's what's the replacement? Happen, is it, is it a, a nod? It was a nod. A smile. Was, I, I do a lot of talking. Hey, good to see you. I hope you're really excited to be here today. And then I just sit down and it's <laughs> and it kind of like distracts them. You know, it's a lot of like, you know, movement and noise, but not really any uh, handshaking. So for the foreseeable future. When you said good to see you, had you met that person before? No. Is that what you normally say if you're meeting someone for the first time? Yeah, I think nice to meet you sounds really like it wouldn't come out of my mouth. Really? I don't think I've ever said nice to meet you. I think I'm usually just like, hey, it's good to see you. It's, or maybe it's it's good to meet you, but it's never. I've never said it's nice to meet you. I don't even know if I've said it's good to meet you. Very really interesting. Because like, there's a whole, not that this is like a theory, but I noticed after moving here, anyone that's like clearly from this area, like Southern upbringing, if you're seeing them for the first time, they say, it's nice to see you every single time. And I was like, oh, that's weird because we've never met before. And I'm used to hearing like, it's nice to meet you for the first time. Mm. So I assumed it was kind of a a Southern thing and it kind of covers your bases in case you have met someone and forgot about it. Are you are you easily outed if you say nice to meet you in the South? Like, will um, they know, like, oh, this is not one of us? No one's, but they're all, like, they're so polite down here. It's like everything is manners. So even if they thought it, they would never say it. They've really done a 180 since the Civil War. Yeah. I don't think we should be talking no, about this. definitely not. <laughs> Hi, I'm Michelle, an entrepreneur and creative business coach. Hi, I'm Steve, and I'm a social media and digital content strategist. We're friends with a shared passion for creativity in all its forms. Through this podcast, you'll find ideas to help up your game and share experiences with a community of creatives who understand what it's like to work and create in the digital world. If the episode you're about to hear sparks something inside you, share your voice by connecting with us on social media at pod for creatives on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. What day was recently? Was something recently that just like came about? Well, National International something? Women's Day. Yeah, I saw that um, that Twitter had sent out a tweet. Their account had sent out a tweet about like, you know, not today, men or something like mm-hmm. that. A bunch of people getting all pissed off about that also in support of it. I don't know. It seems like it's like, why don't we have the common sense like as a as a as a society to recognize like, OK, if there's a day that's meant to recognize and celebrate accomplishments of women and women in general, like I think men should just be OK with that, uh, you know, like. Yeah, set this one out. You know, you're not, you're not, your voice isn't needed for this. I feel like I don't even like that I'm recording myself saying this, but I am slightly annoyed, not by International Women's Day, but like all like the men hating, all of that content like drives me nuts. Mm. And I see so much of it. Maybe I know I like, I follow a lot of women. I'm like a, you know, female business owner. So I guess it's going to come with the territory, but I feel like it's just so like, we're saying we want equality yet. We, in order to get there, like we have to tear other people down. It just men specifically. Yeah, men. No, like, yeah. and like, I'm Do sorry. You know how hard it is. Do you know how hard it is <laughs> to be a white male in this country? <laughs> like I, get that there are guys who are dicks there are girls who suck too but most of the men in my life are very nice people and I feel like 
when I see mean stuff out there, I'm like, hey, like, you know, they're not all so bad. And like, you know, all of us have parts of us that aren't great. So it's easy. The, it's it's the, low the, hanging gen- fruit. the generalizations really about any group yeah. I dislike. But most of what I see are man bashing posts. It's just it's stupid. Well, I think I think a lot of that these social media holidays in general, a lot of it is low hanging fruit. I don't know. I think that's dangerous for brands or anyone to kind of get involved with is if you don't have a connection to what it is, it almost seems like it's coming out of left field. And we've seen examples of this, you know, all over the place with, 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 you know, companies kind of, you know, sending out social posts around something and you don't see the direct correlation, but is it so important for this brand to say something around this topic, whether it's international women's day or some kind of food holiday or whatever. And that's going to give them, get them closer to their goals, make them more relevant. I feel like it does the opposite. I think people are smart enough to look at it and say there's zero connection to what it is you do. I don't know. I, I never really feel like it, 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 it resonates with audiences. Do you ever get those, I guess, emails or see guides on social media, they give you the master list of all of these holidays yeah, for the year. I so think that, Twitter actually so sends you it can, out. Yeah, so that you can prepare. I feel like that, you know, is kind of feeding the fire. But I think that what we what we should really be doing is getting that list and saying, okay, these five of the 365 are ones that really apply to my brands and that I can like do something cool with. Mm-hmm. But I think people see that list and think, okay, now I need to come up with something to fit all of these. Maybe it's just, you know, kind of finding where where our strengths and weaknesses are or or what we're interested in. Every time I hear someone say that they have trouble coming up with content, I can't even wrap my mind around that because that's what I love doing like more than anything. So I don't know, maybe I'm I'm just being really narrow-minded about this that people are hurting for content that badly that they're willing to shoehorn their message into someone else's agenda. Yeah, I think that's I think that's it. I think, you know, the whole thing about struggling to come up with content, that's just someone who's a poor planner. I mean, that's someone who's not aware of what what's driving their, you know, what what goals are dri- you know, are or driving their brand um and how you ultimately tie those into content opportunities. You know, if you're relying on on content calendars being produced by by companies to tell you when all the the you know the funny holidays are going to be like, yeah, you're probably not going, you know, to be very successful. I, I don't I do think people in education at least struggle with this because take for example, you know, this this vocational or career and tech education, there's a you know, February is, is career and technical education month. And a lot of the, a lot of the schools and, 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 um, districts around the state that have these programs, they make a big deal about it every year, but it always seems like it's like February, you know, Oh, well it's, it's CTE month, CTE month's coming up. CTE month is in February. Well, if this is really important to you, why isn't this something that's being done all year long? Why isn't this something that is actually being embodied? And instead of making a special push in the month, month of February, this is just inherent to who you are as a, as a, as a educational institution. So I guess that's where I come back to the, the planning piece. Like if we're gearing up for, for a specific day or an event or a holiday, like if it matters, if it means something, it should be a part of what you do 365. All right. Let me ask this question. You hate all, you hate all of the internet holidays. 
Are you willing to participate in any of them? And if so, why? Uh, the ones I'll participate, the one I will participate in that, I mean, it's not necessarily s specific to social media, but it does have a huge social media piece of it is giving Tuesday. That one I will participate in because I do believe in giving back to, to charities or organizations that do amazing things on behalf of people who, who aren't as fortunate. And I really enjoy seeing a lot of the reasons as to why people are, are, are giving money or, or donating um, around that time of year because it means something. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you like hot dogs. I don't care if, you know, it's, you know, you're a big chicken finger fan and it's chicken finger day. Like, it doesn't matter to me. I do kind of care that you do have this attachment to the American Cancer Society or I do kind of care that you have an attachment to, you know, some other great philanthropic organization because then you're sharing a little bit of something about who you are, not necessarily what you like, what makes you what makes you you and that's where i feel like that's where brands miss it because it's not who they are when they participate in these lowbrow you know low hanging fruit type of activities it's not them but when something hits the mark you know when you know that this is what they stand for that's not celebrating a holiday that's that's actually like that's your digital strategy. That's your that's your communications plan. It should be very clear. You know, maybe not like they're going to look at a piece of content and say, well, that's, you know, that's Nike. That's what they stand for. But it should be very clear that after you consume something that like, yeah, this is what you this is what you as this company believe in. It should be very, very clear. And that's why I feel like the Giving Tuesday piece is something that I identify with, because that's what makes people it, it shows who you really are. Yeah, I've learned a lot about you because like, you know, you're you what you do every year for Giving Tuesday, you usually put some kind of social, you know, piece together about, you know, what organizations or charities you're donating to and why and why it's important to you. And I think that kind of like speaks more to your audience as like, okay, you're more than just, you know, an incredible designer. You're more than just a good, you know, a great writer. You're more than just, you know, what what people see on on the surface there's 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 a story to who you are um and that might drive some of the things that you you ultimately do it might drive some of your writing it might drive some of your design so that completes the picture mm. to me a little bit more i love that completing the picture so if we are going to participate in some of these holidays what would be your strategy? Do you feel like there is a way to kind of take that element of like what's working well for Forgiving Tuesday and applying it to our messaging? I don't know if there's a connection specifically to, um, you know, something that's, you know, kind of a run of the mill holiday just to do something. I mean, if there's a connection to the brand, I mean, if, if it's something like chocolate chip cookie day and, and you're Nabisco, like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, there might be something. That's your day. There. Yeah, right. That might be something that, you know, clearly. Um, but, you know, but then again, like if you're celebrating it, your audience already knows that that's part of what you do. I always just say don't force it. And but if it's something that is is clearly related to your business, like, you know, International Women's Day, if you're a women owned business like, yeah. I, I would I would stand up and say something about that. If you're proud about, you know, what, you know, clearly you have every right to be. If you're proud about that and you want to make that a part of your messaging for the day or you want to recognize women who have inspired you to get you to where you are, like that's a that's a great way of showing what that means to you. Um, but it's not forced. 
you know, it, it doesn't have that, that forced feel to it. Um, so to me, it's, it's, it's gotta be something that is inherent to your brand and it's gotta be something that shouldn't come as a surprise when you are celebrating it. Mm -hmm. It should be something that your audience either understands about you, knows about you. It might be completing the picture like we were talking about before, but it shouldn't come out of left field. Mm -hmm. Now let's extend this conversation into current events in, in general. Mm. Since the beginning of the year, we've had two really big things happen. I think the two biggest things to have happened. Uh, Kobe died in, was that yeah. January? And now we're, we're in the middle, I'd say in the middle of this, the coronavirus pandemic or <laughs> I'm sure there are. It is a pandemic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's officially a pandemic. So, you know, we go on, on the news, on social media and a lot of us, you and your job, you're, you're kind of like dealing with this head on. What are we, what do we do? I, I felt like when I'll, I'll start, I'll start with the Kobe stuff. When that happened, it was weird, but I felt, I felt emotional about it and I felt affected by it. And I don't think I've ever seen him play basketball in my life. Obviously, I know who he is. He's a celebrity. But just, I think, seeing everyone's social posts and seeing how much he meant to other people and just, I think, the broader view of an impact that one human can have on so many people was getting me really emotional. And I kept going back and forth as to, do I post something about this? This has nothing to do with me, nothing to do with my brand. And ultimately, I decided I feel like a huge phony and I shouldn't I shouldn't mm -hmm. add to this conversation because this is not this is not my territory. But now saying this out loud, I'm questioning as to whether or not that was the right move, because I was feeling something and I felt like I had something to say and I didn't say it. I don't know what what you're you're in a different position than me when it comes to that, because you're obviously <laughs> you're more attached to basketball and and to sports and I feel like you should have something to say on the topic. But what did you think of everything that you were seeing that was being posted during that time and still continues to, to be posted? Death is different. Um, death brings out a lot of feelings and emotions um, because it's not just the person. It's a period of time in your life that, you know, you're reminded of. It's something that harkens back to childhood or, um, you know, heroes. Um, there's a lot of of connected pieces when, when someone passes away. So I think, you know, it's, it's really unfair unless you're exploiting the death. It's really unfair to criticize someone, something for, you know, their feelings on, you know, um, Kobe dying or somebody, somebody dying to me as an individual, I didn't, you know, I, I'll remember where, where I was when I found out. Um, me too. <laughs> I remember exactly where I was coming back. I was coming back from grocery shopping and I was, uh, I had actually, <laughs> I had just, uh, I, I had just pulled out of the parking spot and yeah, I know I'm not supposed to do this, but I was, I, I looked down <laughs> at my phone and I had opened up Instagram and I saw a post from Gary V and it was just, you know, Kobe with, you know, a, a slew of broken heart emojis. And I like my heart sank and I went, Oh no. And I opened up Twitter immediately and, saw that he had passed you know, that he had died and the way he had died. And, um, I drove and I flipped on the radio and, and, and went to, um, you know, one of the sports stations on satellite and they confirmed it. And I just remember being in this fog 
driving home and it's probably about a five minute ride from the store to my house. And I just, you know, it wasn't lost to me. Like I'm not paying attention to driving right now, I, but I was just so stunned. So you're trying to process all this stuff and, and it's just getting worse as the day's going on because more people are reporting it. It's all over the place. And I'm on Twitter. Clearly a lot of people were, um, and you know, tributes and thoughts were, were pouring in and I didn't have any. And like, as, as just me, I, I grew up watching Kobe. Um, you know, he's, he's probably one of the few athletes that, uh, in that, that era where I watched his career from when he came into the league to when he retired. Um, and huge fan, I mean, fan of his fan of good basketball, you know, um, never really had anything against him, but I didn't have anything to say. And I, I didn't feel like it was, there was anything for me to put out there because then it would just be forcing it. Like something like that needs to kind of come like organically. And I've had thoughts about this in the past too. Like, you know, things with my mom after she died. And even, even to this day, like, you know, there are times where I, I, I have a thought about something, but it's like, yeah, but this is for me. Like this mm-hmm. isn't for anyone else or this isn't, you know, I don't need to put this out there to get, you know, 20 likes on a tweet. Um, because somebody, I don't really care if they're in agreement with me or not. These are my thoughts. I don't want to get all judgy about this. There's definitely a spectrum of people who I think would be classified as as oversharers and and maybe in what you just said, people should think before they <laughs> they tweet or or put a message out there and they don't. They're just kind of like a like a faucet that they haven't shut off. But maybe not. Maybe if if that's their personality, maybe they like you saying that you saying sometimes I have like these thoughts that could be social messages and I choose to keep them to myself. Like, I love that. I I Mm. love the thought that, that you have this thing that essentially that you've created and you have decided not every single thing has to make it out into the public. But I think there's a difference because you and I both directly and indirectly work in social media Mm -hmm. and I think we see it from the perspective of of a brand, from a school district, mm-hmm. from from some type of organization, and we see it from the perspective of of individuals, mm-hmm. uh, you know, everyday people, which we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that gives us a leg up because we have to pause sometimes, even with framing messages of like, does this fit the platform? Is the audience, you know, is my audience there? All these things that we think about from a brand perspective it almost naturally bleeds over into, at least it does for me, into my personal social use where I'm just like, eh, maybe this isn't the right thing to put out there. Eh, maybe this isn't, you know, I I think that's part of what happens. Have you ever put anything out there that you've regretted or deleted? (laughs) Um, I made a joke, uh, a, a number of years ago about, I thought it was a joke. Um, it didn't, it didn't, it incited quite the discussion. Rachel and I were, um, were probably about three months away from getting married. And, um, (laughs) I, I made a joke on, on, on Facebook that I said something like basically trying to make fun of my, the lack of involvement that I had in a lot of the wedding planning stuff, because Rachel did probably 90% of it. And I just kind of cleaned up some pieces here and there and went and got stuff. And, but it was her vision for the wedding, but I really didn't do a lot of heavy lifting in the grand scheme of things. And I kind of made a joke about how, like, you know, 
now I know I could never be married to another guy because we would never get anything done for the wedding. Like you're basically making a joke of just like we'd be just sitting around yeah. and, you know, assuming that and, you would would be marrying someone who's just like you. Right. Yeah. And and um, I thought it was funny at the time when I had the thought. Um, turns out it didn't land that well because a lot of a, a lot of my friends and people who I was friends with on Facebook took that as a. Uh, you know, quite the the slight towards gay marriage, which at the time wasn't legal. And, you know, it, it, there was a lot of, you know, um, consternation in the state of New York about when it was going to get to that point of being legal. And um, so, you know, I, I, I started to like explain that, like, I'm, I'm kidding, like, ser- and then you realize, like, once you get into that point of like saying I'm kidding, you're not going to win. Um, so I ended up deleting it. And I don't know. I haven't deleted too much in my life, but that was something where like, I still think it was funny. Like that the intent was to be funny that like, you know, I don't think I could ever see myself marrying a guy because we would never get anything accomplished. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't know. I probably didn't word it the exact right way and it probably did definitely didn't land the right, the, the right way it intended. It so. totally sounds like something that a comedian would say. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going for. How about you? Anything that you put out there? Nothing, you know what? Nothing is coming to mind. What a I, surprise! <laughs> I, I'm sure I have any MySpace stuff from back in the oh, day. Oh, yeah. I think we probably talked about this. On, I know that you and I have talked about this. I don't know if it's been on the podcast about MySpace and how there's does it does it still exist at this point? Uh, I think it does, but not for long. I remember seeing something recently about it coming down. Okay. Well, I, I have a profile that's out there that I can't get into, or as long as, as my space is still running, I have a profile that's out there that I can't get into because I no longer have the email address that is connected to it. And I think there's very little out there on the internet, um, of stuff that came out of college because there weren't, you know, phone, like I think cam- camera phones were like just coming out. So <laughs> any pictures are like t- too fuzzy to make anything out anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I feel like any little bits of that are on my space. Mm. Um, Let the search begin. No, but that's not, um, I wouldn't say that's anything that I would pull down. I mean, right. I wouldn't want anyone to find some of that stuff, but it, it's more of a, you know, I, I feel like everyone is maybe slightly embarrassed of older, younger, older versions of themselves, past versions of themselves and choices that we've made. And <laughs> we were just talking about this the other night. <laughs> oh, <won't>... yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some of us have made poor choices than others, but uh, but we've all been there in those decisions. Yes. So. That maybe that'll be like, well, if we ever put the podcast behind a firewall. Yeah, yeah. Or a, a, a paywall. Paywall, rather, yeah. Um, right. Well, maybe we'll let, let, let people be privy to those discussions. <laughs> um, do, do you want to talk about, I don't want to talk about like, add more to the discussion about the virus, because that's like all anyone's talking about. And then so I feel I, like we'd be, we'd be like, doing exactly what we said yeah. not to do. I thought about it like yesterday, the other day when you threw the idea out there because I'm like, eh, I don't know if I want to talk about the virus. But then I'm like, yeah, but, you know, there are a lot of people talking about it. But I feel like it's just like everybody's got an opinion or, or you know, and they're coming at it from their angle of like, you know, it's not that bad. It's going to be the worst thing ever. You need to, you know, like and it's like and I keep saying like 
the anxiety that this has caused and that I, I feel as a human being um, is off the charts. And I don't even mean like I'm terrified of getting it. I'm just anxious about the amount of times people are talking about it. Mm-hmm. I went to, you know, you go to Twitter and it's all mm-hmm. coronavirus. It's gotten to the point where like, I used to hate going to Twitter on Monday and Tuesday nights because of tweets about The Bachelor. And I was thrilled <laughs> to see them the last, the, you know, Monday and Tuesday of this week that we're recording because it at least reminded me of something normal and something that had nothing. And I don't even know what the hell they're talking about, but at least it was like lighthearted and funny. And, you know, I, I miss that Twitter. I miss that social media. Um, and it's like, you know, it's given me this this world of when whether it's brands or people jumping in on, on these issues, like you can't stop them from doing it, you know, because this is what social does. It gives a voice to the voiceless and, you know, shared interest and commonalities and all this other stuff. But, um, man, when everybody's talking about something at once, it really changes the tenor of a platform and you really can't, you know, find the things that you go there for regularly. Um, it's like finding a needle in the haystack and it's, it's it's changed. It's definitely changed for for right now. I'm kind of glad that you just said that because I haven't mentioned it once yet. I don't think on. I mean, I mostly use Instagram, so I'll say on Instagram. And I don't have a giant audience. I'm not that big. I'm not that important. But part of me feels like when when bad things happen so let's say this virus or there's like a you know one of these mass shootings i wonder is it is it insensitive for me to not address it at all like for this let's say for i mean i guess the virus is is in a different camp than than a you know a mass shooting i can like you know just share my sympathies but for something like the coronavirus it has it doesn't have anything to do with with my brands or what I teach or what I think people come to me for. But I think that there probably is an opportunity for me to, I don't know, do something. Well, I think <laughs> I, 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 I would I'm not I'm not telling you this is what you should do. But I, I, I think if you feel the need to say something like, you know, as much as this kind of goes against what we were talking about before, like, you know, not 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 just, you know, trying to come up with a content plan on the fly, but, you know, how does it, I mean, people are, people are anxious right now and, you know, checking in on people's well-being, being kind to people, acknowledging the, you know, the fears that exist, but, you know, you know, talking about, you know, not, not, not necessarily like it was after nine 11, where it was just like, you know, go to the theater and go travel mm-hmm. and do this, you know, show the terrorists. Yeah. This isn't the same kind of a deal, yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, at least kind of like making sure that people know that like, you know, you're not in that position to sort of like make them add to the anxiety. I think your, your tone has always been, um, one of, of bringing people together and, and commonalities and, you know, identifiable opportunities that a lot of people kind of share and that they feel like they want to contribute to. I think something like this, it would be really refreshing to sort of get somebody coming at it from the other angle, as opposed to saying like, you know, we're now up to this many people. It's more or less like, Hey, this is something that's, you know, that's causing us a great deal of anxiety and, 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 and grief and strife. 
keep taking care of yourself, checking on your family, you know, that, that, that sort of a tone I think is important. Consistent messaging is important. Yeah. I do feel like I have really appreciated the few people that have taken that angle and I've maybe this is like personality. Cause I know that there are people who are just so consumed by the news that they almost are comforted by it. Like they need to keep checking Twitter and they need to keep checking like the, the latest news update. I'm, I'm not one of those people, but I am loving all of the like very comedic coronavirus, all the coronavirus yeah. content that, that has yeah. come out has been like, I've been living for it. Yeah, I think there has to be, but there's always humor and everything. And I think that that's okay. I saw a tweet from, oh, from, uh, from Jack Appleby actually, who, who we both follow, um, at Juicebox uh, CA on Twitter. Um, he said the social media age has completely changed the way we emotionally cope with something like coronavirus. Humor seems to be much more prevalent and even accepted. Making light isn't a sign of not taking it seriously. It's just the way modern communication has has evolved. Um, and I really thought that was like, you know, it's it's not taking cheap shots. It's it's trying to find a common ground of how we feel about something. And I think we can probably find some humor in the anxiety. I mean, I think it's ridiculous that, you know, we can't turn on the TV and you know, as we're recording this right now, the president is, is addressing this and it's like, you know, you can't turn on the TV and not get bombarded with these these number counts. And, you know, I think you have to find some humor in some of this. Am I preventing you from watching the presidential ad address right now? No, God, no. <laughs> oh, I'm a bad citizen. I can't. I don't know. I don't if, think you're a bad citizen for not, if and when not I've watched listening to this, I mean, to this gentleman. <laughs> here's the thing. You always hear about it. So it's not like I'm. Um, right. I'll find out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll find out. That should be Twitter's motto. You'll find out eventually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I recently, I'm not going to say what they are, but blocked several terms on Twitter. And uh, it really cleared things up. All of a sudden, I'm seeing. Usually, I guess I followed too many people on Twitter. Like, I would never get through everything. Now I'm like, I'm hitting that end where I'm like, oh, I saw this already. <laughs> Which means that a lot of the people I follow are all talking about a lot of the same terms that were just, it was flooding it. And at this point, I don't think that I'll, I'll block the phrase coronavirus or, you know, any of the derivatives of it. But, um, <laughs> Just in case you need to be kept in the loop on things. No, just because I feel like there won't be anything left. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. We're probably down to just a few words here and there. I want to do more. I keep talking about it. I want to get more involved in Twitter. And maybe not so much from a content standpoint, but there are, I don't know, maybe like five people that I follow. And I'm like, I really like how these people tweet where it's just them sharing their thoughts or starting thought-provoking conversations instead of, you know, hopping on these hashtag bandwagons or posting links to things, which you talk about a lot, which I've completely come to agree with. Use the platform in the way that it's intended to be used. Don't, don't send people to other places. Deliver your message while the person is there on the platform that they want to be using. So, I would like to find more people like them, but I don't, I guess in, um, in my industry, not a ton of people use Twitter, but I do find it to be a, quite a welcome break from Instagram, which I, I love Instagram, but 
I crave that Twitter experience. I do. It's, it's, it's different. Twitter's the best professional development that I get better than any conference I can go to, um, better than any book I can read. It's the best professional development that I can get because if you follow people, you follow smart people, Mm -hmm. um, and, and they're giving this stuff away for free, Mm -hmm. you'd be a fool not to take advantage of it. Yeah. And that's really where I feel like I get my, my competitive advantage, at least in this industry. Yeah. And I, those, those people that I mentioned are probably all people that you've recommended to me. Yeah. And not saying that people on Instagram don't have intelligent things to say. I think that when I go to Instagram, my primary focus is seeing something that's visually appealing. So anything that you say is going to come secondary to that. And a lot of times the messages are, are great, but half the time I don't read them. Right. So right. There's, a, there's a miss there. Not, yeah, not, not that they're doing it incorrectly, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, the message is going to sink in better for me if I'm reading it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself on Instagram? Um, like when someone has a post and it, you know, they have, you know, the cut, the text gets cut off and it says, see more, read more. Like, do you find yourself clicking on that? And if you see it goes on forever, you're just like, eh. cause I kind of find myself doing that now. You're different. I'll read your stuff obviously. Cause we're friends, but like, you know, I don't necessarily click on that stuff anymore. If I feel like it's going on forever, like, I don't know if I do, if, if I can get into that unless there's like, it seems like there's a story behind it, like something yeah. emotional. In, in rare circumstances, I feel like it's, it's worth it to read the whole thing. But for me, most of the time, if I see a really long wordy Instagram caption, I feel like I'm overwhelmed by it. Like that's not, Uh that's not why I'm on Instagram. And I I appreciate it. I have such mixed feelings about this. And I, I always use my friend Lauren as an example because she's such a good writer and I feel like her captions are great and they're compelling and I always read all of them, but I can never think of another example other than her. And maybe it's just because I'm friends with, like you said, like you're friends with me. So you're going to read my stuff. She's like one of my best friends. So I'm going to obviously read everything that she puts out there. But not, yeah. not, not, not that I feel like it's a waste. I know why she does it. And hopefully she's, she's okay with me sharing this. But um, she's also like a, a great content creator, but she doesn't have the time to put together blog posts in the way that she used to because she has her kids now. She has other responsibilities. So this is kind of her way of still getting her message out there, but like in a quicker, easier way. Mm -hmm. So I think I also support it knowing kind of like the reasoning behind why she does it in that way. But for people that I don't feel connected to when I see those, those long giant posts, I'm just... Yeah. yeah. I I don't read them. Yeah. I really just, I can't, I just can't get into it anymore because I also feel like it's the nature of our, we, we fly through the feed, you know, it's not thumb stopping. It's not something that's going to get me. And I think then, you know, the, the action on Instagram. So this kind of goes back to the whole theory I have about, you know, posting links on, on Facebook. And If Facebook doesn't want you to, I mean, we, we know they're not prioritizing them, but if Facebook really doesn't want you to leave their platform, leave your feed, and they're sort of deprioritizing that, if you have a post that's with a link that's getting likes on it, part of me wonders how much of it is, are they just reacting to what you've written in, 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 the, in the text and the caption? 
versus how many people are actually clicking on the link. Because I've kind of done some of this testing in 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 schools, and last year was a great case study of this because one school up here had a contestant, had a student who was on American Idol, and um, she got into the top four, five, whatever it was, and every week they would do this, this district would kind of like have an update on their website and then they would just take the web link and, and throw it up on social media and the thing would do great. And it kind of almost gave me like pause of like, maybe I'm wrong about this. Like maybe, 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 maybe there's something about links here that are working. But then like common sense kind of took over and said like, no, I think this is a community that's really excited about this student, this, this community member of theirs on American Idol having such success. And they're just reacting to the excitement of the post. They're not clicking on the link and reading whatever's on the website. And we pulled the data and the data backed that up. And we changed a little bit of how, you know, we were kind of featuring celebratory content around the student. So it was more unique to the platform. So they would have watch parties. And when this, when the, when the student moved on, when the girl moved on to the next round, everybody at the watch party would go up and go crazy. And, and they would have the footage of that. And that would be the post that would accompany the news going in the next day. So it was more native to the platform and it's still, you know, it killed because people were still genuinely excited about that. So my point is, is that it's a long winded way of saying is I wonder with Instagram, you know, if that's more or less kind of what we're seeing is, is that since Instagram is such a, a double tap platform, you know, and, and a, the original, um, double tap mobile app platform, um, you know, are we just more inclined to react to the photo because it is a photo set, a photo piece and a shorter caption because it fits on that screen where we can kind of stop real quickly and see it than we are to say, oh, let me read this. Because you really can't take an action on something that's, you know, paragraphs long. You All you can do is read it. And I don't think people are coming to Instagram. They're not coming to Instagram to read. They're coming to mm-hmm. Instagram to react to content, to, to, to imagery. You also just made me think with that is that, you know, it doesn't really matter what what the trends are or what the algorithms are. If something is really big and exciting, people are always going to react to that. Like think about like, you know, birth announcement posts are probably like the, right now, like across the board, like the number one, like those posts are always going to get the most <laughs> right. likes, you right? Have, you could have like the most complicated pregnancy known to known to man and and talk about it in the caption of the, of the post announcing the birth of your baby. And people would still probably just say, congratulations, and yep. not react to whatever you just told them because they're seeing the photo. Uh, do you ever run into the problem about like if someone puts up a post about like their dog died and let's say it's not on, um, I don't, I can't remember some of the platforms like Facebook may have like a, a, a sad face, but like say it's on Instagram or say it's on Twitter, like, do you like that to show them oh, support I I, or so you're hard. like... I, I don't really like this. I just want to support you. Yeah. There needs to be an emoji that that encompasses that feeling. I don't think any of the emojis, uh, the 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 instant reaction emojis on Instagram stories, ever match to how I feel about no, what I just no. consumed. Because I, if I really like something, like I don't love it with the heart, the heart eyes, you know, like and and because to me, know. the heart eyes insinuates more of a like I like what I'm seeing or like. I'm enchanted by this. See, I always think it's like the cartoon characters from from you know Looney Tunes when they're like in love and like their eyes bug out with the hearts. Like, yeah. I feel like it's more of like a, a love thing. And like, I feel really weird about saying that to <laughs> pretty much anybody. So, yeah, I feel like I I almost want the red heart up there. 
but I guess that's the same thing as as the double heart or the or the newer one that that I've been using a bunch lately which is like it's like a smiley face that has the, the little hearts around it yeah yeah I, I I don't really feel like the options match and then you feel like you're kind of uh, you know, am I, am I, am I reacting too strongly to this? Is it not enough? Yeah. Yeah. It's, we got to get that squared away. Yeah. As these things come out, there are all these like new social reactions that we have to figure out. And also like how do, when someone does that to your Instagram story, do you, do you oh. comment back? Do you owe them the recognition that they took the time out? But the, did they really take the time out? Because all they really did was select one of those options. I, I found myself recently in positions where I'm feeling like I don't want everyone to see everything. Yeah. And I, I'm lucky that I have the two accounts that I have my personal account and then I have my Michelle Hickey design account. And obviously we have the podcast account, but not that we put a lot of personal We're stuff up there. Pretty much all over but... the place is what you're trying to say. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I think I just realized even on my personal account, how many of those, you know, I, I, I classify them as like the random high school people, but it's, you know, just yeah. like people who... I don't talk to ever who I probably haven't seen in 20 years, but they're seeing my day to day. And I don't know, just recently that's has started to make, make me feel uncomfortable. So I just very recently started actually using the close friends feature. I noticed that. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I made the cut. A- admitting that you made the cut. <laughs> yeah. It's I'm not, in. it's not a long list. It really isn't. Um, that would have been worse if you told me that I didn't make. The oh cut. yeah. I'd have been if questioning I let that this slip, whole relationship. You're like, wait, what, like... what? What is this content you've been sharing? Yeah. I've been missing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do I have to pay a fee to get this now? Is there an entry fee? No, I don't know. I mean, you you put up a lot of, as you should, content like on your personal account, like with your sons. You sometimes feel like, eh, like I don't want the whole world seeing this. Not that oh, I'm very selective world, but... about what I put out there. If you want, if you look back to, I mean, how how I think there's probably all in total about. I don't know, 12 photos of him since he was born, 11 mm-hmm. photos of him on Instagram since he was born. They're not a lot, mm-hmm. comparatively speaking to some people. Um, and then like Instagram story stuff, like sure you can like, but it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's disposable, really ephemeral yeah. content. Yeah. Like it's, you know, right. So like, to me, it's just like, it's in the moment and it's not anything that's kind of like over the top. Plus I'm selective, you know, like there, I don't, I don't walk around like with my surprisingly enough, I shoot for what I need. <laughs> like, you know, like if something, if I'm taking video or something, I'm like, Oh, that's kind of, that'll work. Like, you know, it's, it's, it flies, but, um, I'm not that kind of dad or parent who's just always, you know, walking behind them with my phone waiting for the perfect piece of content. That would be me. <laughs> I would take several, yes. several versions and then pick several the right thousands. one and cut it yep. down. And yeah. Yeah. That pretty much just sums up our working styles right there. C's get degrees (laughs) and then there's you. (laughs) If you've enjoyed this episode, help us spread the word on social media. Tag us at pod4creatives and let us know what stood out to you. This This is like a tight shot. Yeah, it's a tight shot. It's tight? Yeah, it's like a... No, it's fine. I mean, I have no idea how it's going to come out when we do the the side by side, but frankly, it never looks perfect. So what the hell's the difference? Maybe it's too close. Dramatic somehow. Something was off and I couldn't tell what it was. I mean, you look fine in terms of the presentation right now. I just don't know what it's going to look like, you know. Okay.
Can you see thy ceiling? I was trying to get the... Just uh, a little bit, but all right, hold it's on. not... Nope, nope, it's not consistent. <laughs> all right, no ceiling now. Yeah, but I got to keep my hair from... You know, I, I haven't <laughs> cut... Because of the coronavirus, I'm not going out and getting my hair cut anytime soon, so it's just like fucking out of control. I don't to, let like, anybody start, touch my hair. I'm you're going to have to watch out. like YouTube or something. <laughs> I'm just going to have a bowl cut. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just freaking, you know, like Mo from the Three Stooges.